What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The second party that Boaz speaks to in verse 5 is, his servant that was set over the reapers. That'd be the supervisor, manager, whatever you want to call it, the guy in charge. A normal businessman whose first priority is making money from his own harvest business would speak first to the person identified in verse 5, the servant that was set over the reapers. And, and he would first get with his manager or the servant set over the reapers and ask questions. How's the harvest going? How much progress have we made in the harvest? How much harvest have we collected? How much harvest has been lost? How much harvest do we have yet to collect? When, 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 when? When is the harvest going to be here, going to be there, going to be there, and finally going to be finished and safe in the storehouse? See, all that information would come from the manager or the servant that was set over the reapers. And if the first priority of Boaz was his own harvest business, then Boaz wouldn't be wasting his time speaking to the reapers as he did in verse 4, but he'd be speaking to the manager. That's why it's so important to see in verse 4 those words how Boaz said unto his reapers. See, one thing is very important from a business point of view. You want everything to go smooth in the business. business you, you have set in place and you honor and preserve the chain of command. And from a chain of command point of view, there was verse 5, the reaper that was the, the servant that was set over the reapers. He was in between Boaz and the reapers. And Boaz, if he's only concerned about his harvest business, he would have respected the chain of command and would not be communicating with the reapers, but he would be communicating with the verse 5 servant that was set over the reapers. From a business chain of command point of view, there's no reason. It's counterproductive for Boaz to be speaking to the reapers because the reapers have got to hear one message. So Boaz is not talking to the reapers about business in verse 4. That's the reason why he speaks directly to the reapers. He's humble. Boaz is a humble person because he wants, he cares about his workers. He wants to encourage his workers. He's speaking to the reapers as believers. And Boaz realizes among believers, there's no boss. 
There's no employee status because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And we all stand there as forgiven sinners at the foot of the cross. Among believers, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile status because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all stand level. Among believers, there's no male and female status because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all stand equal, forgiven sinners at the foot of the cross, which is what is Paul meant when he said in Galatians 3, 27 through 28, for as many as you has been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. So as Boaz looks at his believing reapers, he sees that in Jehovah Jesus, they're all one. There's no class distinction there. And so he speaks directly to them. He speaks to their hearts, nothing about business or about work. He speaks to them about their heart needs. And I've learned so much from the example of Boaz here to see persons as work as individual souls. Actually, I've learned this also from my colleagues in our Mexican company down in Tecate. I learned from them that when you first speak to a colleague in Mexico, you don't jump into business to a question. You stop, you ask how they are, how things are going with their home, their family. Even though you may have some pressing thing on your mind, you don't jump there. And I've learned that before I ask a question at work, the, to really say and really mean, how are you? And then stop, <laughs> listen. And I found those three words mean so much when you mean it. How are you? <laughs> when you say, how are you? You really mean you want to know how they are. And you stop for, wait for a response. Don't say, how are you? And then jump into the question and say, how are you? And then stop. You want to know. You and I can be so insensitive that we can just say it. How are you? And the person, and we say, how are you? And the person can say, I'm ready to die. And we could say, that's good. And go on to the business question. <laughs> that's not Boaz. That's not Boaz. Boaz cared for his reapers who they really were. The more pressure that you're experiencing at work, the more meaningful it is when you put aside all that and you just say, how are you? How am I? You got so much problems at work. You want to know how I am? Yes, I really want to know. That's what Boaz did. And that's why it's so meaningful because everyone knew how the harvest time was the so much pressure. It was the most amount of pressure on Boaz. And it spoke volumes to these reapers when in verse 4, Boaz speaks directly to the heart of the reapers with a message that has nothing to do with the work. It reveals a heart of tenderness in Boaz. It reveals that he doesn't have a heart of harshness. He's not cracking the whip to know, you know why, why this wasn't done and how this could be done better. We can see Boaz on his, his trip back. He's going back to his farm, and he's thinking about what he's going to do to encourage his employees. And he's concluding the best thing he can do is to ask God, pray for them, that the Lord would be with them. This made Boaz a great man. It made him a great man because as rich as he was, he was humble enough to care for his workers that the Lord should be with them. Imagine this. Imagine this. Boaz, as we see him in the busiest time of his business, he's been away from his enterprise in Bethlehem. And as way back, he's thinking to himself, my people, I wonder how they are. He's cogitating. All business people cogitate. <laughs> I like that word, cogitate. Should be a Yiddish word like chutzpah and schlep, but it's not. Uh, you know, <laughs> so if I said to Don, Don, 
you're a cogitator. He'd get angry at me and says, who are you calling a cogitator? <laughs> but Boaz is cogitating. He's cogitating. The first words out of his mouth show us what he's cogitating about on the way home. He's cogitating over the need. The need for the Lord to be with his employees. We can see Boaz on his way back and he's in deep thought. He's in deep thought. What's he thinking about? He's reflecting on the great need. He's meditating on this. He's, the greatest need for my employees is not for them to work harder for the, the harvest. The greatest need is not a work need. The greatest need for my employees is not for them to make more wages. The greatest need for my, my employees is not a compensation issue. The greatest need for my employees is not a... Is, is none of that. My greatest need for my employees is a soul need. They have a soul need. The greatest need for my employees is for the Lord to be with them. What will I do for my employees for, so that the Lord will be with them? I'll pray for them. I'll pray for each one of them. I'll ask the Lord for each one of my Lord, you should be with this one. You should be with this one. Let me just take this time during this trip back to Bethlehem to just deeply reflect on each one. I can see their faces. I know their needs. I hear them. And I can see them. I see their individual needs. Let me just meditate on each one. Let me see their face in my mind. Let me consider their individual needs. And then for each one of them, let me pray, Lord, be with him. I don't know all the answers for the needs of all my employees, but I know who does have the answers. That's the Lord. So let me just ask God to be with them. When I get back, I'm going to jump the chain of command and speak to the hearts of each one of them. That's our man, Boaz. That's Boaz. First words out of his mouth. When he gets back in verse 4, Behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. Paints a picture of our man Boaz. Boaz cares for the souls of people more than his own business. If I had a special coat this morning, and I could say to you, this is a Boaz coat. And I said, if you put this Boaz coat on, then you'll care more for the souls of others than you do for yourself. If you put this Boaz coat on, then, then you'll care more about others than you do care about your own business and, and your own family. And if I held out this, this special Boaz coat this morning, how many of you would say, I need it. I need that Boaz coat. I need to put on that Boaz coat. I want to change. I want to change to care more about the souls of others than, like, like Boaz did. And if I held it out this morning, I wonder how many of you would say, give me that coat. Give me that special Boaz coat. Make me care more about the souls of others than I do about myself. So now we ask the question of exactly what was Boaz saying when he blessed his employees by saying, the Lord be with you. Well, Boaz said all that he could say when he said, the Lord be with you. Let's think about that. What was Boaz saying when he wished on them, when he prayed for them, when he blessed them with the blessing, the Lord be with you? When Boaz said that, the Lord be with you, first, Boaz is saying, the Lord be with you. Boaz is saying, the Lord be with you in reconciliation. By saying the Lord be with you, Boaz was saying that they should be reconciled to God. You can't be with somebody you're not reconciled to. So first, they should be reconciled. He knew that all his employees were not like him, but he knew that they all had the same problem that was described in Isaiah 59, 1 through 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face that he will not hear. And Boaz knew that Jehovah Jesus was forgiving, that he was saving, that he said in Isaiah 45, 22, look unto me, all ye ends of the earth, and be ye saved, for I am God, there is none else. So by saying the Lord be with you, Boaz is saying, like an ambassador for God, he's saying, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, 
I, as an ambassador for Christ, as though God did beseech you by me, I pray you in God's stead, be ye reconciled to God. He says, Lord be with you. He's saying, be reconciled to God. He's praying, begging his employees in the Jehovah Jesus' stead, be reconciled to God. Boaz knew that some of his employees weren't saved. They weren't reconciled to God. They weren't on talking terms with God. So he knew those employees were alienated from God. They were enemies with God, as he was, as every believer once was. And he wanted to change that condition from being alienated from God, from being an enemy of God, to, to the present. He, he wanted to change the present tense to the past tense. He wanted to, and so when he says, the Lord be with you, Boaz is saying to his employee, Boys, I want you to be able to say Colossians 1.21, and you that were sometime, were sometime, alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, now he hath reconciled. See, Boaz's heart, it, it hurt till each of his employees was recognized with God. So he says, the Lord be with you. He said, he knew that life brings turmoil. To live is to become upset. To live is to become disturbed by what happens. And the great need is for peace. So by saying to his employees, the Lord be with you, Boaz is saying, you should have the, you should have the peace of God with you. He knew peace comes from a person. He knew the truth of the source of peace, as it says in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace. Always, by all means, the Lord be with you all. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. See, Paul prayed, the Lord of peace himself gives them peace, and Paul knew that peace would come from the Lord be with you all. That's Boaz's prayer for them. Romans 15.33, the God of peace be with you all. Now, Boaz is saying the Lord should, should be with his reapers, and so Boaz is asking for the grace of God to be with them. The other day, a person said to me, he said to me on the phone, he says, or he wrote me a thing, he said, you are a good man. He said that in my text, you know, you are a good man. And I thought to myself, no, I'm not. Because God said, there's none that doeth good. No, not one. The Lord looked down in Psalm 14, one through three. There's none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men, see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Psalm 53.3, every one of them has gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Romans 3.10-12, as it is written, there is none that doeth good, none that righteous, no, not one. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Get the picture? No, not one. So all these things are saying, the Lord looks down from heaven, Upon the children of men in Psalm 14, see if there are any to understand. So you you know the, the see if there are any. He says any. So you get a picture. Of God's up there in heaven and he's looking down. He's got a he's got a pad. He's, he's okay. I'm ready to write down the names. <laughs> a pad and a pencil, and I'm ready to make a list. Let's say I'm going to make a list of all the people doing good. And he's looking for somebody. And at the end of his search, he throws his. He says, "Look, everybody, there's nothing. There's no one on the list. No, not one." He says. So gives the impression. No, I can't find anybody. That includes you. That includes me. None of our names are on God's list of do-gooders. None. No, not one. That includes the employees of Boaz. None of their names is on the list of God's do-gooders. No, not one. So if there are no names on the list of God's do-gooders, the obvious question is, is there another option? 
Is there a plan B to avoid the wrath and judgment of God? You and I and the employees of Boaz were not on God's A-list of do-gooders. You and I and the employees of Boaz were on God's other list that said wrath and destruction and corruption and rebellion against God. So our next question is, is that, is there another option? Is there a plan B? And the answer is yes, grace. Like the song says, that's what grace is for. That's what grace is for. Grace is the other option. Grace is the plan B for sinners heading right down the middle of the road to hell. Mercy of not getting what we deserve. Grace of getting what we don't deserve. So Boaz says, the Lord be with you. He's saying you should have grace, the grace of the Lord. 2 Thessalonians 3.18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The grace of God is embodied in a person. John 1.14, the word became flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace is a person. Now, he says, grace should be with you. The Lord should be with you. Also, truth. When he says, the Lord be with you, he's talking about truth. The law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. See, when truth comes, God does what he says in Isaiah 28, 17. He sweeps away the refuge of lies. See, the lost take refuge in lies. We're going to have a museum day coming up on Saturday. You know what you're going to see there outside? You're going to see, you're going to see people taking refuge in lies. They built themselves a tent of lies. Lies that God loves everyone. He won't judge anyone into hell. That's a lie. That's part of the refuge of lies. Lies like there is no hell. That's a lie. That's part of the refuge of lies. Lies like when you're dead, you're dead. That's a lie. That's part of the refuge of lies. Lies like, I'm really a good person, and I'll make heaven by my own deeds. That's a lie. That's part of the refuge of lies. When the Japanese and the Chinese and the Indonesian and all the other Gentiles come to the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to say the words of Jeremiah 16, 19, where they'll say, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there's no profit. Those Gentiles will say, I was born into a Buddhist family. I was born into a Hindu family. I was born into a Muslim family. That, and that made my fathers inherit lies, vanity, and things wherein there's no profit. I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he swept away the refuge of lies. Truth is, the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, the Lord be with you. He's praying for help, help for them. Boys are saying, the Lord be with you. He's saying, you need help. See, Psalm 22, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, he prays like this in Psalm 22, verse 11. Be not far from me. In other words, be with me. For trouble is near, and there's none to help. In verse 19, be not thou far from me, O Lord, all my strength. Haste thee to help me. David prays in Psalm 71, 12, O God, be not far from me, O God, make haste for my help. See? So he's praying for that they should have help. He's praying that they should be heard. Psalm 35, 22, O Lord, keep not silence. O Lord, be not far from me. See, he's saying to his reapers, the Lord be with you. He's saying to them, they should have God's deliverance from the troubles. King Saul, 
When David is getting ready to go out and fight Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 37, he says this to, Saul says this to David. He says, David said, moreover, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine too. And Saul said unto David these words, go and the Lord be with thee. See, that's what Jacob said to Joseph. Jacob's dying. And God, he says, God's going to be with you. He's going to deliver you from, I see the comforts of Egypt. And you know what? The comforts are going to turn to trouble. He'll deliver you from that. He'll deliver you from the comforts of Egypt by the troubles of Egypt. And he'll deliver you from the troubles of Egypt by 10 plagues. He says, and he says to him in Genesis 48, 21, the Lord said unto Joseph, I'm sorry, Jacob, Israel said unto Joseph, behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. This is what Moses told the Jewish people, that they would have the protection from their enemies because of the Lord's presence. In Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, the Lord your God that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you. See, Boaz knew this. He knew if the, if the Lord was with them that they would have deliverance. Isaiah says the same thing in Isaiah 52, 12. You shall not go out with haste nor by flight, for the Lord will go before you. God of Israel will be your rear reward. Now, he prays, when he says these things, I'm just going to give you these verses because of time. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, he's praying for love and comfort. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. The God of love and peace shall be with you. They will be able to do things that which requires a unique bravery. If the Lord is with them, they will be able to do things the unusual for God. They will have a boldness and a confidence to accomplish great things for God. That's what Ezra said when he made the call in Babylon to the Jewish people, and he said, who wants to go back to the land and rebuild the temple? And he said in Ezra 1.3, who is there among you of all his people, his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord. See, the Lord be with them. He's praying for a refuge, a refuge, as, as uh, David said in Psalm 46, 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Psalm 46, 11, he says the same thing. The Lord with them, he should have hope. Romans 15, 13. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The Lord be with them, they should have rest. Come unto me, he says, all you that labor at heaven. Come unto me, be with me, and you'll find rest unto your souls. For I am meek and lowly in heart, Matthew 11, 28 through 29. First Chronicles 22, 18, where David says to Israel, is not the Lord your God with you? Hathen he given you rest on every side? And very interesting, the Lord be with them, the lost would be attracted to them. The Lord be with them, the lost would be attracted to them. That's what it says in Zechariah 8.23. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take the hold of all nations, of all languages of nations, even shall take the hold of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, that's the lost, we will go with you, for we have heard God is with you. So today, with all these benefits of the Lord being with us, can I say anything more to you than what Boaz says to his reapers? The Lord be with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Boaz, for his life, for the record of his life, 
for the challenge of his life. Help us to be like him. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.